from the NFL. We know the Browns have talent, but I'm not sold on this rookie head coach. To the NBA. Kawhi Leonard has added his name as one of the best players in basketball. Across the landscape of college football. The Pac-12 got how many teams in the top 25? And so much more. Boxing needs a Dana White. It has too many chefs in the kitchen. The stories you want. The Zeke Elliott holdout could be coming to a close. The opinions you need. LeBron is coming back with revenge on his mind. The king is back. It's Jay Wise. I keep telling y'all my last name is no joke. And Nathan Drinkard. If they don't win this game, it's a wrap. Stick a fork in them. They're done. This is A Drink of Wisdom. Welcome to A Drink of Wisdom with Nathan Drinkard. I'm Jay Wise. Thanks for spending some of your time with us. What's up, Drink? What's up, Jay? What we got today? I'm so glad you asked. In episode four, Drink and I tell you what NFL performances have us surprised. We recap the Browns and Jets, and Jalen Ramsey wants out of Jacksonville. We begin with a major quarterback injury swirling around the NFL. The Pittsburgh Steelers will be without Ben Roethlisberger for the remainder of the season after the two-time Super Bowl champion injured his elbow against the Seahawks. Meanwhile, the New Orleans Saints faced life without Drew Brees after the 40-year-old suffered a torn ligament in his right thumb when his throwing hand collided with Aaron Donalds, and he is expected to miss six weeks. So drink. How concerned should the NFL be with these high-profile injuries, and what, if anything, can they do to prevent this trend from continuing? Well, I would say the NFL should be very concerned. Let's be real here. The NFL is thriving off the fact that it is an offensive league, all right? The offense is what put the butts in the seats, and the butts in the seats is what pay the bills. They should be very concerned because the quarterback is the reason you got the offense to put the butts in, in the seats. With quarterbacks falling down the way that they are, it is very concerning for the, for the NFL. However, they cannot do anything to prevent it. They already got enough rules to protect said quarterbacks. A couple of these injuries have nothing to do with the rules. It's just they, they, they hurt. For instance, Sam Donald, it had nothing to do with football. However, he's out indefinitely for now. Ben Roethlisberger, he didn't get hit on his play. He threw the ball, and he hurt his elbow. So with that said, it's, it's nothing really the NFL, in my opinion, can do to prevent this. It's just going to happen because this is the game of football. We all know football is brutal. We know that football, it, it does this to you. And as you can see, some quarterbacks or some players in general get hurt without even being touched. It's a lot of non-contact injuries that happen, not just with quarterbacks, but as far as it being concerning, absolutely. You think about this. We had the young stud, Andrew Luck, hang it up due to injuries in the past, um, due to having such hardship or recovering from um, injuries. He had to hang it up. Nick Foles, first week, the big man on campus in, in Jacksonville, ready to go. He gets slammed on his collarbone. He's out of here. Sam Donald, I don't know what happened, but, you know, the immune system ain't what it used to be. He's sick. He out mono. He's out of here, right? Drew Brees. You know, hey, and I'm telling you, Saints fans, if you're listening, man, I tell you what, you guys got to have the worst luck ever as a fan base, as a whole. But Drew Brees, he hurts his thumb. He's out of here six weeks. I, and and the list goes on and on. Big Ben, you already hit on Big Ben. It, it's, it's a bad look for the NFL, 
but we still have some young studs, some stars that can probably carry that that brand of the NFL on. Hopefully, we don't deal with more injuries. Not to say we won't. I'm hoping that we don't. But as far as your question go, it, it the NFL has to be concerned because think about it like this: we just seen last night. We we watched it last night. Perfect example of what happens when the team don't have their star quarterback. The Jets. Do you think the Jets would rather have Sam Darnold or Trevin Simeon out there last night? Oh yeah, that's Sam Darnold for sure. So that's the type of product that you got to get used to when you don't have yet that star NFL quality quarterback there because we pay to see the stars play, then we seeing the backups, and now we seeing you know a stinker of a game prime time. We want our money back. This is bull crap, but it it is what it is. That is what you got to deal with. That's what the NFL got to deal with. I don't think it's going away anytime soon. I hope it goes away sometime soon. But as far as that go, yeah, man, I, I and I say this one more time, it's definitely a concerning issue with these injuries to the quarterback. You got quarterbacks is the driving force of the offense. The offense is the driving force of the money. And no matter how you look at it, that's what it is. And as far as the NFL – it's nothing they could do about it, man. It's the game of football. So we'll see how they uh, tackle this in the near future. Yeah, this is this is definitely concerning for a couple reasons. Um, and there's, we've only been, played two weeks, and I'm counting already five guys down. And I'm, I'm throwing luck in there because we expected him to play this year. That was kind of unforeseen. And it was due to injuries, not current injuries. Well, in some in some respects, it was current injuries, but it was the toll that all those injuries took on him. So we have to take that in consideration. Nick Foles, you mentioned it, went down early in week one. The other one's a little bit fluky. Sam Darn with the mono, not football related. The Drew Brees injury, just a fluky play. Aaron Donald, the, their hands hit at Brees the football, and then Ben, you mentioned non-contact injury. So. It's a string of bad luck. What I would say, though, is the NFL should really be bracing for more guys to go down. Because I'm going to give you a few guys that I think we got to pay attention to. Sean Watson. Houston Texans, I understand. They bring in the big fella from Miami, Laramie Tunzel. They still cannot pass protect at this point in the game. Carson Wentz. He's still, some of this is on Carson Wentz when you talk about the amount of hits he's taken. He's got to do a better job of making quicker decisions, not trying to play, be the hero every play, taking too many chances, extending the play, reminiscent of a big Ben Roethlisberger. So he's got he's to gotta do better on taking care of himself. And then Cam Newton. I believe news came out today that he's aggravated a left foot sprain that he was dealing with in the preseason. And we all know, we all, we all see, you know, there's people questioning the throwing power, the accuracy, Last week against Tampa Bay, not impressive at all. So he's another guy we got to keep an eye on, and we'll see we'll see how his status is, how his status progresses as the season continues. And then there's other guys we got to walk out for. Marcus Mariota, we know this guy's brittle. Hasn't played 16 games in a season yet. Aaron Rodgers, age 36, we know he's a little he's a little brittle. He's another guy that's got to do a better job of taking care of himself and limiting the amount of hits he takes. And Jimmy Garoppolo, Jimmy G, young stud. But we don't have enough game tape to really know, is he the dude due to injuries that he's had? So, and this this even extended, 
This is even extended to the reserve ranks. We saw, you mentioned the Jets last night rolling in there without Sam Donald, and then Trevor Simeon almost gets his ankle snapped. Couldn't, I, I, I was surprised the man even walked off the field. That's how bad it looked, courtesy of Miles Garrett. This is, this is a string of bad luck for sure for the NFL. You make a great point on the NFL has made many rule changes here lately, all benefiting the offense. They want more points. Fans want more offense. It's more exciting up and down the field. It makes it difficult, though, when the quarterbacks ain't in it. Let me give you – let me go back to the quarterbacks that are out. Let me, get, let me give you the quarterbacks that are playing now. Jacoby Brissett, Gardner Minshew. It was Trevor Simeon for the Jets. Now it's Luke Falk, Teddy Bridgewater, Mason Rudolph. Not an impressive list. Not very impressive at all. I'm going to tell you, Saints and Steelers – we both had him in the playoffs this year. It looked pretty grim right now for him. I mean, I can see that. I can see if the Saints can tread water with a Teddy Bridgewater, no pun intended, then maybe they can do some things. We'll see. Breeze expected back in six weeks. But this is not a good look for the NFL right now. I, I hope it doesn't get any worse because it would be an absolute shame to see two young studs like Deshaun Watson and Carson Wentz go down, because I think I think a lot of those guys, and I, I think you do as well, they need more. Watson needs more protection, and Carson Wentz has to do a better job of protecting himself. But as far as what the NFL can do, short of trotting out there with, you know, flags on the quarterbacks and not let them hit them, period, I, I don't see much that they can do. They've already implemented so many rules. You can't hit them in the head. You can't hit them low. Defenders are in a quandary. They they have such a small strike zone, and defenders, I don't believe defenders are coming out there trying to injure people, but they have a job to do. The offense is trying to score the ball. Defenders trying to stop them, and they're doing the best they can, not out there trying to injure people. It's just unfortunate, but I don't, I yeah, I really don't know what else the NFL can do as far as protecting the quarterbacks more, sort of, short of just not letting anybody hit them, which in that case, it isn't football anymore, and it's it's a product I would not want to watch. A uh, quick question for you um, before we move on. So do you see as a trend? I just see it as a string of bad luck. I'm I don't see this as something I, like you said. We should be prepared for more injuries, but I just see it as a you know just bad luck. I don't see it as something that's going to continue to go on and on. Like next season, we won't have like ten quarterbacks or, or so on, so so forth. So where does that land for you? Bad luck or a trend? I, I would say it's more the the injuries that just happened, the recent ones, are they're, they're bad luck. My concern is the guys who haven't got hurt yet that have a that have a history of being injured or are more at risk at being injured. That is where I'm more concerned. But I don't I don't think that I don't see this as a year to year issue. This is just a 2019 problem right now for me. I don't see it carrying over. This is just an ebb and flow type thing cuz we've seen we've seen bad luck, bad tough seasons for a position group to where guys are just, you know, they're just getting injuries are piling up more more than usual. Jay Let's zoom out a little bit, and let's take a look at the entirety of the NFL. We're about two weeks into the season. 
the teams we expect to be good, we can say they're good. The teams that we expect to be bad, they're pretty bad, Dolphins. However, we have we have seen a handful of surprising performances, both good and bad. With that said, Jay, what teams and players are you mostly surprised with this far? Just this far in the 2019 season. So our biggest surprise in the positive direction from a team perspective is the Buffalo Bills. I had the Bills. I didn't think the Bills would be all that much better than the Dolphins. But we got to give them credit. They came out this season, opened up against the Jets and the Giants. Not world beaters by any stretch of the imagination, those two teams. But we got to give credit. We got to give a little credit to Sean McDermott. He got that, he's got a pretty solid defense. That's been kind of been his calling card even before he got the job. So he's got that going for him. Josh Allen, you can say what you want about him. Not the most pure, not the most pure thrower of the football, but he always seems to make enough plays to keep his team in the game. So I got the Bills. I got the Bills at 2-0, although I don't think I think this is a bit of an aberration. The schedule is going to get harder. They're not. They're still not a team that I I feel is a serious threat to make the playoffs. But but not right, in that division. You're exactly right. Not 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 winning the division. Absolutely. We'll see how it goes. But I don't think they're a serious threat at this point. But two weeks in, I I am surprised that they're two and zero. On the flip side of that, and the most disappointing team thus far, I got the Carolina Panthers, two and two right now. Listen. Cam Newton, former MVP back in 2015. I still have, I still expect big things from Cam Newton. I understand the health, not what he's obvious. I don't think he's, he's not 100% right now. We understand that. But against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, a game you need to win at home, you can't be, you can't be completing under 50% of your passes and just off target far too often and just, just, just erratic throughout. I, got, I just, I, I gotta know what big things are you expecting from Cam Newton? I gotta hear this. I can't let you get away with that. Well, when I look, when I look at a guy that's been a former MVP in his league, I'm not saying I expect him to play at an MVP level again. I'm just saying you can't be as bad as he was Thursday night. The, the, the Carolina Panthers, in my view, there's enough talent on that roster. When you look at Christian McCaffrey, when you look at DJ Moore, you look at some of the weapons they have offensively. Greg Olson had a big game the other night. And then you look at that defense. Their defense has still has a lot of talent all the, all the way up and down the field. You look at that front that front seven, Kawan Short. They bring over Gerald McCoy from the Bucks. You still got Luke Keekley in the middle linebacker. There's a, lot, there's a lot of good things on that defense. So to me, Cam Newton, he doesn't have to be an MVP in my opinion. He's got some help to where he doesn't have to carry them. But to not be able to beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and to be as bad as he was, to me, that's why he's so disappointing. Because he's come from an MVP level four or five years ago to now we can't even complete 50% of our passes. We're not running the ball. That's, that's why he's most disappointing in me. So that's why my expectations, they're not sky high, but they're not low to where I'm, I'm going to accept this level of ineptitude. So that's why I'm at with the Carolina Panthers. And on that same level, Cam Newton's my most disappointing player. 
56, 56 completion percentage so far. That would be his worst of the year. You realize he is the only week one starter this season that does that has not thrown a touchdown pass except for Mitchell Trubisky. They're the only two. And then, of course, I already mentioned that bad loss at home to the Bucs. It's just not good enough. It's one thing to lose by a field goal to the Rams. But we can't, we can't lose at home to the Bucs. That's just unacceptable to me. As far as my most surprising player in the positive direction is Lamar Jackson. Look, last year, seven starts. He threw about six touchdowns, three interceptions, completed 58% of his passes. Got exposed, I believe, in the wild card game against the Chargers. They forced the Ravens into situations where they had to open it up. And Lamar Jackson just wasn't good enough last season. But he's used the offseason well. He's improved this season through the first two weeks, albeit not against world beaters. It's against the Dolphins and against the Cardinals, two teams we expect nothing from as far as I'm concerned. But he has completed 72% of his passes, seven touchdowns, has yet to throw an interception. Those seven touchdowns through two weeks are tied for the most in football with Patrick Mahomes and Dak Prescott. I'm not, I don't know if I, I don't expect the same level of production from Lamar Jackson throughout the season, but we can't ignore what he's done through the first two weeks. And that's why he's my most surprising player from a positive standpoint. So, first of all, I just want to, I want to just note that you said, so Cam Newton is in the same sentence with Mr. Trubisky. That ain't a good category to be in. Absolutely, it's disappointing. <laughs> so, and secondly, getting get to the, the top of this cell, all right, my my surprise team is the Ravens, all right, which rolls into my surprise player, Lamar Jackson, baby. Young LJ out here doing the thing. If you remember, when he got, uh, when he got drafted, the Ravens moved up from the second round back into the first round to draft him. He was the last pick of the first round. And everybody said, I don't know. This guy can't throw the ball. He's a phenomenal runner. He's more of a running back. He mo- if you remember, they even wanted him to move to tight end. Remember they had the talks about him possibly being a tight end slash wide right. receiver? Um, I'm, I'm extremely surprised with the progression he made in one offseason. He's definitely the most surprising player for me right now. Will he be at the end of the season? Who knows? But right now... Lamar Jackson is my guy. Uh, disappointing teams. I gotta go with the Eagles, man. One and one. This no, nah, man. What what is fly eagle fly? No, you're more like peacocks. All right. I need you to be the Eagles, not the ostrich. The eagle. All right. I need Philadelphia to step it up. Uh, they they beat the Redskins, which they should. But then you come back and lose to the Falcons. This team is way too talented. Carson Wentz almost was an MVP. Ashton Jeffrey, top-notch wide receiver. You got you. I mean, the running back situation is a bit of committee, but still good enough to get the job done. Eagles, top five offensive line. You you got to do better. I'm not even gonna get into the defense because it's gonna sound like I'm I'm doing an all-star roster. Here's the deal. You got to be better, Eagles. I, I, we expect more from you. You got to be better. And that's I, I just leave it at that. Disappointed player, Mister. You like that? You like that? Oh, you like 
Mr. Kirk Cousins. Okay, so here we go. We go around talking all this trash about the Redskins, how they don't want to pay me, and I've been doing this, that, and the third, feeling sorry for myself, pat me on the back. But you get 82 guaranteed from the Vikings. They put all their trust in you. They give you a fully guaranteed contract. You can't ask for it no better. The first player I might add to ever get a fully guaranteed contract. So we like, oh, okay. Kirk Cousins going to come out here and show us something. And we still waiting for him to show us something. And the critics went off, and we still waiting on him to show us something. I am by far, I think Kirk Cousins is the most disappointed player right now. I do agree with you, Cam Newton, but Kirk Cousins got him beat. Because Cam Newton didn't get an 82 guarantee. Cam Newton been an MVP. Kirk Cousins just been some guy flopping around known because he got drafted in the same draft as RG3. And, you know, he somehow he popped under uh, Jay Gruden and Sean McVay's offense. And he, he's supposed to be, look, 82 million guarantee. You're not living up to the contract, buddy. All right. We need you to step it up, live up to the contract. Massive disappointment. So that's my NFL surprises and disappointment so far. Uh, I got a, I got one question for you. Okay. Do you, do you expect, coming into the season, were your expectations higher for Cam Newton or Kirk Cousins? I would say they was higher for, it was higher for Cam Newton. Uh, okay. Cam. Okay. That, that, that's, and that's where I'm at. I, I understand your point on the contract. Kirk Cousins, he's got he's got to do he's got to do better. He, I think he needs to do something this year in terms of getting these boys to the playoffs. Because you look at the Minnesota Vikings, I'm gonna tell you something. Dalvin Cook looked like he's about to have a big time year and vault himself into the top tier level of running backs. So you got so the Vikings. Ha- so you look, the Vikings got a running game now. You also you look at the wide receiver position. Adam Thielen, Stephon Diggs, two young studs ready to roll on a weekly basis. And then Mike Zimmer, you know what you're going to get on the defensive side of the ball. They're going to play good football on that side. So to me, Kirk Cousins, I mean, what you doing? You got everything you need. Show me something. But I also say that, I also say that to say my level of expectations for Kirk Cousins are not that high. I don't expect much for Kirk Cousins. I expect Kirk Cousins to put up good numbers in terms of fantasy football. Not from wins and losses. I do expect more from Cam Newton. That's why, to me, he's more disappointing to me. But here's the deal. Cam Newton coming into the season with an injury. If anything, you could say, oh, okay, we can understand Cam Newton going, getting off to a slow start. He's still recovering from an injury. Kirk Cousins ain't recovering from nothing. He, that's fair. That, that's fair. He's out here flopping like a fish that needs some water. And he just got to do better. But I get what you're saying. I get what oh, yeah, that's fair. The injury, yeah, the, the Cam Newton injury is fair. Now to Monday Night Football. The Cleveland Browns rebounded from last week's 43-13 beatdown by way of the Tennessee Titans with a comfortable 23-3 victory on the road against the New York Jets. The Jets were undermanned and never got anything going offensively, while Odell Beckham headlined the Browns' offense with six catches for 161 yards, including a gorgeous one-hander down the right sideline and an 89-yard touchdown catch and run that punctuated the game in the fourth quarter. So, Drink, did this game tell us more about the Browns or the Jets? 
you already know where I'm going with this. It told us about the Browns. Now, your question say, does it tell us more about the Browns or the Jets? It probably tell us more about the Jets. But, hey, I you know where I was looking, and I was looking at the Browns. I was looking at these potential AFC champs, these potential Super Bowl contenders. That's, That's what we've been led to believe. So, with all that said, the Browns, hey, going into this game, knowing that Trevor Simeon was the starter, and this team was missing so many key pieces, there's no way you ain't telling me that we ain't looking at a Patriots-Dolphins game right here. This game should have been done, stick a fork in it by halftime. Baker Mayfield should have been running around the field trying to chug a beer. That's how done this game should have been. But it wasn't. Oh, no. Because what we found out is Baker Mayfield is struggling with the simpler stuff as far as being a quarterback. He he can confuse because they're changing the plays after he snapped the ball. Oh, what do you know, Baker? It's a little different from Oklahoma, huh? Yeah. And then we see Odell Beckham. He out there, he cutting up about his shield. Oh, he can't wear his shield. Oh, that was the biggest deal. Then he get his shield changed out. Then he comes in, and he don't really get, you know, Baker overthrows him a couple of plays. Baker overthrows Jarvis Landry. And not to mention, those high passes that Baker Mayfield was throwing, he was putting his players on the, I'm talking the front line. Oh, uh, I thought David Njoku I thought he was dead for a minute. I mean, I, I seen him flip over. I said, yo, y'all want to see a dead body? Yo, I just thought, but he got up. He walked off. I said, thank God. Live to play another down. This this told me a lot about the Browns. I'm, that's it. This game was solidified for me. Ain't nothing about this team is AFC contenders right now. Unless they flip some magical switch and hit up Walt Disney and tell them make a movie, this ain't happening. All right? this. This team is, at best, going to be, I give them mm, eight and eight. I, I don't think this team is going to make the playoffs anymore, to be perfectly honest with you, because I watch the defense that is fully healthy. They, they somewhat dominated the game, but nowhere near to the fact of what I thought they should have done against that Jets offense. They didn't dominate. I've been hearing about how good this defense is. And that maybe it's a uh, shout out to Greg Williams because he had them humming last year, but they ain't got they ain't got nowhere near the heartbeat they had last year. Um, I watched Freddie Kitchens, he out there calling plays. I don't know what he got going on. He must have thought he had a chalkboard out on the on the sideline because some of these plays he was calling was atrocious. I mean, man, what what are you doing? You think you still back at Alabama quarterback in the summer? What are you talking about? 2019, speed up. All right, move a little faster. Allow Baker to use that what got him drafted number one overall. It's his instincts. You sitting here, I got it. You trying to make him NFL quarterback? He looked at like a arena quarterback, not an NFL quarterback. All right, he looked like he was in the arena league. This told me a lot about the Browns. I have, as every week passed by, I'm losing more and more credibility as far as the Browns being a contender. As far as the Browns then figured it out, as far as the Browns being this, that, and third. I'm and I'm I'm gonna even go this far. The the Pittsburgh Steelers just lost Big Ben for the season. 
and they might still win. No, I'm just messing around now. The Ravens are gonna win the division. But <laughs> I just I just want to get that shout out right quick. But yeah, all seriousness, this told me more about the Browns. I mean, the, the Jets lost their quarterback, and they lose their quarter, they starting quarterback, and then Le'Veon go off with all these runs. You couldn't stop Le'Veon. That was the only person they had on offense. And you right, couldn't right. stop him. Le'Veon out here getting loose, feeling good, knees feeling gravy. And you couldn't stop him. So I, I this told me more about the Browns. I get I get where you're coming from on the Browns, but I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna wait till the next stretch for them, and I'll come back to that point in just a moment. But to me, this this told me more about the Jets. The Jet the Jets are done. I I I had them in the playoffs this year. The Sam Darnold injury, or the Sam Darnold illness rather. Kind of took the wind out of that those sails of that ship. We're we're we're, uh, we're sinking pretty quickly now. They had they had a chance against the Buffalo Bills. They were up by double digits in the fourth quarter. They blow that game. Then Sam Darnold not healthy last night. You roll in there with Trevor Simeon. He almost gets his ankle snapped off. They bring in Luke Falk. They just the, the New York Jets just didn't have a chance last night. Miles Garrett was in the backfield at will. I don't know what Kelvin Beecham or some of them offensive linemen were doing, but they were not getting it done, not helping these guys. The Jets' defense was missing Quinnen Williams and C.J. Mosley. They didn't play. You When you look at the Jets' defense, to me, if you have Williams and you have Mosley out there. Different ball game. Different ball game if you that's got. That's right. That's right. And then you to me, they got elite dudes at every level of the defense when you consider Quinn Williams, CJ Mosley, and Jamal Adams. Well, they didn't have two of those guys last night. And Jamal Adams got himself benched late in the fourth quarter. And even with that being said, the Browns were not all that impressive offensively last night. But to me, the Jets, they're just they're done. That when you look at teams out there that have been ravaged by injuries early on, the Jets are, if they're not leading that race, they're, 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 try, they're trying to take the lead with all, with all these injuries. We also got to remember Quincy Anunua, wide receiver, out for the year with the neck, and Avery Williamson tore his ACL in the preseason. But they just, they look. This is why last week, what you just said, this is why I say the pressure – it wasn't on the Jets because, I mean, they got a, a scroll of injuries. And this game only showed what I said, well, like, the pressure can't be on them. They just don't got enough players to get the job done anymore. They just I got you. I got you. But for me, this, this, game, this game, to me, sealed the deal for the New York Jets. I said coming into this game, if they got any chance to make any sort of run, it's got to be right now. Because their next four games, they got the New England Patriots twice, and then they got the Eagles, and they got the Cowboys also mixed in there. So you can go ahead and book the Jets as 0-6. Because even if Sam Darnold somehow can make a miraculous healing, he gets some, some healing juice in him, you can forget about it. You're not beating any of those teams if you can't beat Buffalo and Cleveland. So, but I will say this about the Browns. The Browns weren't all that impressive last night. They got the win. They ended up getting the win just because the Jets were, they were just powerless to do anything offensively. But it, it, 
it just wasn't a fair fight to where I could draw any real conclusion about the Browns. We're going to find out about the Cleveland Browns in the next five weeks when they play the Rams, the Ravens, the 49ers, the Seahawks, and the Patriots. Do you care to guess on what the combined opponent record is for those five teams? Um, let's just say they, they got a goose egg in the loss column and a ten in the win column. They have they have not lost. Now we'll see we'll see how. I'm not saying all those teams are going to be great this year. I think the jury is still out on the 49ers in particular, but the Rams, Ravens, Seahawks, and Patriots. We expect things from those teams. Yeah. I didn't have Baltimore in the playoffs to start the season, but I still expected them to be competitive. And we see they look a little bit more than competitive right now. But I can't see I can't see the Browns beating the Rams and the Patriots if they come out there playing last night. You look at that offense last night. I didn't think Baker Mayfield was all that impressive at all. You you mentioned David Njoku. Now, some of these throws that Baker Mayfield was making were putting his receivers in such precarious situations to where you saw some of the throws and you're like, oh, oh, Lord. Like, these receivers are getting blown up because the throws are just, I mean, they're, they're, they're hitting the mark, but the receivers are having to jump in between two defenders. And Joku had to get up in the air and he got upended to where, you know, you wonder right after that play, like, is he going to be okay? So, I'm, for me, it's just more about the Jets because last night told me all I need to know about the Jets. I still need to see more from Cleveland before I make a real solid opinion because last night wasn't a fair fight to me. So I still I'm, I still don't know what to make of the Cleveland Browns. Yo, but see, last night is what I'm saying. You the, you named the, the next five games. You can't – you showed up like that with the Jets. Now, we know the NFL is a system of inconsistency where a team can look like one – Look like one team on one Sunday, and then the next Sunday look totally different. Either way, it's no way all of a sudden the Cleveland Browns gonna be competitive with the Patriots, or the Ravens, or the Rams. Like, come on, man! I, I just, I, I, I'm just not buying it. Two things I do want to say on that is I thought both teams looked like weak sauce last night, and it looks like the Jets are gonna lock themselves into another top three pick. Oh, you're right. Them are, uh, one, one more thing on that. Jets-Dolphins games should be full-on comedy this year. Full-on comedy. <laughs> I mean, it's interesting because the Jets have a quarterback. So, I mean, if they, get, if they somehow can't win a game, depending on what happens with Sam Darn, Sam Darn comes back, they won't be out of their pure garbage. But it's, it's clear right now – I said, I believe I said it before. They're going to be 0-6 after the next four games. There's no way they beat the Patriots, and there's no way they beat Dallas or Philadelphia. So now we're talking about – it's funny because we're talking about a team that, that had lacked some talent, and then we talk about a team that got talent that, that's yet to prove it. Let's talk about one talented individual. They go by the name of Jalen Ramsey. All right, the, the Jaguars' fourth-year man has asked the team to trade him. And, and offers are pouring in with multiple teams offering first-round picks. The Jaguars are reportedly seeking two first-rounders for the two-time Pro Bowler. Ramsey addressed the trade request today in a press conference where he where he said, all I care about is winning, man. I want to win. Ramsey and uh, Jags coach Doug Marone 
reportedly having they haven't spoken to each other since the loss on Sunday to Houston, in which the two was were in a nose to nose disagreement on the sideline. With that said, Jay, what are your reactions to Ramsey wanting out, and what one team should he end up with? In some respects, I feel like we should have seen this coming because the Jaguars, since they were about a quarter away from making the Super Bowl, they have went back into just complete disarray. And it starts, it starts with the quarterback position. They gave Blake Bortles the extension last year, and after winning, beating the Patriots in week two last year by a score of 31-20, they're 3-13 and 13 since then. They thought they had the answer when they brought in Nick Foles, but they got, they got a little unlucky with Nick Foles going down week one. We already talked about that. But to me, when I look at this football team, and I just, I just look at them, and you, you watch them from time to time, and you just say, my Lord, how can you be so undisciplined and so poorly put together? From that standpoint, let me tell you what I'm talking about. 2018 Jags, we know their offense was a struggle bust last year. They reverted, Blake Bortles reverted to being bloke biffles or block bottles or just just not impressive at all. In 2017, he at least could manage the game and do some things for you, and he didn't lose games for you. But he reverted to his old self, and the Jaguars offense, as a result, They were second worst in points per game last year, giving you 15 points. It's hard to win that way. It's hard to win. And they were were nothing impressive in total offense either. They were 27th in the league, 302 yards a game. Just not very good. The defense, on the other hand, they were not as elite as they were in 2017. 2017 2017 defense was outstanding. Carried that team. Best defense in the NFL. But this was still a top five defense last year. Gave up about 311 yards a game. That was good for fifth. And they allowed less than 20 points a game, coming in at 19.8. That's good for – they were tied for fourth in that category. So then you look at that and you say, a great defense and a limited offense, you you would still think that perhaps that defense could be good enough to a point where you wouldn't be, what was it, 5-11 and last year overall? After the 2-0 start, they just completely went in the tank. Because they were 30th in turnover differential, minus 12. Only two teams were worse than that. And they also committed the third most penalties in the NFL. To me, when I watch Jacksonville Jaguar games, the phrase undisciplined just comes up so often. This is a team that just shoots itself in the foot so much in so many different ways. When you think about some of the things that have gone on with them. Which, which not cut you off. This is very surprising because they have they still got Tom Coughlin up in the front office. That's yeah, that's a good point. That, and that's one of the reasons it's surprising. Because this is not what we would expect from a Tom Coughlin team. So to me, you mentioned Doug Marone in the lead in the lead in. All eyes are on Doug Marone right now because he's he's a guy that you just look at him and you think of him as a no nonsense type of guy that he's not going to put up with certain foolishness. But you look at some of the things that have gone on. Leonard Fournette last year got thrown out of game for fighting somebody. Miles Jack in week one, he got thrown out for fighting somebody. 
And then you just you just watching it from time to time, and there's just so many bonehead mistakes, whether it be a personal foul, whether it be a silly turnover, whether it be a pre-snap penalty. The list goes on and on. They just And you can't win that way. And when I look at a guy like Jalen Ramsey, Jalen Ramsey is the best player on that football team. When you look at him, we come out, came out in 2016. This was a guy I drafted fifth overall. I had no questions about this guy. From watching him at Florida State, I just, I just knew in my heart of heart that this guy was going to be great, and he has proved it. 2017, being a first-team All-Pro, he's made the Pro Bowl the last two years. This guy's elite. This guy, we, this is one of the guys that you look at him, and you look at some corners around the league that we consider to be shut down. Jalen Ramsey follows the best receiver all the way around the field, week in and week out. You look at DeAndre Hopkins. They match up twice a year in the AFC South. DeAndre Hopkins and Jalen Ramsey's admitted this. This guy's tough. He's he's 99 level talking in talking in Madden terminology. Tough matchup. But Jalen Ramsey, there's no punk in this guy. He's not backing down from a challenge. But and when you look at the fire that I believe that burns in this man's belly, I be, I believe him 100% when he comes in the press conference and says, "Hey man, I just want to win." And the Jaguars to me when you look at them, the the things they do and the nonsense they engage in that hinders their team, it's just not a winning environment. And when you look at when you look at his contract, he's, I believe his fourth year, he got pick up the fifth year option will be next year. I don't think Jalen Ramsey is going to stick around with the Jacksonville Jaguars because you look at you look at the other side, they got a lot of money invested in AJ Boye. I can't see them maximum, you know, in you know, may, perhaps. Not, perhaps not the right terminology, but maxing out two corners on big-time money. So it could be in the best interest of the Jaguars to trade Jalen Ramsey because I'm not sure they could even keep him. So, and then what teams could he go to? Gotta be It's going gonna, it's gonna to be a contending-type team. I'm not sure if they can get two first-round picks for him. We'll see. We'll see what happens. But I think, I think both teams, I think that are real Super Bowl threats and – the Kansas City Chiefs and Philadelphia Eagles, I think bo- both of those teams on the def- defensively and especially at the cornerback position, I think both of those teams could use an upgrade at the cornerback position. Not sure, not sure what compensation packages they'd be able to you know, put together, but I think those are two teams right now that I'd look at that I would think that would be looking at Jalen Ramsey long and hard. Um, first of all, I just want to say, I want to know what Doug Marone said to Jalen Ramsey on the sideline, because if you go back and look at that video, hey, I looked at that video maybe 20 times. And number 25 and 26 sitting next to Jalen Ramsey, whenever Doug Marone bent over and said whatever he said, they jumped up high. So whatever was said, it had to be A-level disrespect. Now, that's it. I think the Chiefs are the front runner to get him. They need him very bad, and they do have the assets to get him. I don't necessarily think it's going to be two first rounders, though. I think it's either going to be a first rounder and maybe a third, or it's a first rounder and a player that can somewhat supplement that, a wide receiver or something. Since we just popped out this weekend, they got two other wide receivers that's blossoming them. Who knows? Chiefs might be willing to separate from one of those guys to get Jalen Ramsey. Um, I would love to see him with the Eagles, but I think that's the, it's the Chiefs kind of race to lose with him. With that said, 
I, I want to know when we go back to the I'm, – I'm with Jalen Ramsey here because in my draft class, I see the first overall pick get paid. Jared Goff just signed an extension. I see the second overall pick, Carson Wentz. He signed an extension before Jared Goff. Third one, all right, we still waiting. You know, we see what they do with Bosa, whatever the case. And I see the, the fourth guy gets his money. So me being the fifth guy, I'm like, hey, man, all the top tens of my class and got paid. I am the best at my position right now. They're getting paid. They're not even the best at, at their position. Why Why not pay me? You You pay A.J. Boye before he showed you anything. I've been showing you the goods. Then that was a slap in his face last offseason. This offseason, he said, all right, I'm going to shut up. I'm going to go out here and play, whatever, whatever. Okay, so it's football. Maybe he got a little frustrated because they was getting getting their butts handed to him. They just got it handed to him with Kansas City last week. Now they, you know, not looking so good this week. So, you know, emotions, temporals flaring, all this good stuff. Something was said between him and the coach. First of all, hey, Doug Marone, what have you done? I mean, what, what have you done since you want to sit here and bump your gums? What have you done to deserve the right to sit here and berate a player? What, you ain't done nothing. You fell at Buffalo. You fell in here at Jacksonville. What have you done? Cut, cut me a break here. And I'm Jalen Ramsey. I'm like, man, if you don't get up out of here before you get sent to Division II college to coach football, you, like, don't, don't come on here talking that crap to me. Who, who do you think you are? That's one, but as far as all that go, I think I'm on Jalen Ramsey's side. Request the trade. Don't even worry about Jacksonville resigning them. They ain't, he won't even finish the year with Jacksonville. He's going to be on another team. And he's going to get his money. And I think he deserves it. And I'm with you, Jay. I'm with you, Jay Rams. Hey, let's go, baby. Pay me the money. I'm out here. I want to go to a contender. I'm tired of this losing crap. Feeling like the Miami Dolphins. Yeah, and I'm, yeah, in case I wasn't clear, I'm absolutely on the side of Jalen Ramsey in this case. I don't think <laughs> the Jaguars – it's, you look you again you look at them and it's just it's just not a good situation right now when you look at how on the football field how dysfunctional they appear to be at times with and again whether it's turnovers whether it's penalties whether it's confrontational behavior on the sideline and it's just it's just strange because again Doug Marone seems to he would seem to be the type of guy that would have his locker room and his team under control. And I'm just, I've been trying to give him a little leeway because, you know, once again, in 17, they were one quarter away from being in the Super Bowl. They just couldn't finish against the New England Patriots. And now it is, it's completely unraveled on Doug Marone. I, I don't know. I don't know if he has control of the locker room. And I think, I think that really has to be an honest question. Look, when you trade Jalen Ramsey, make sure Doug Marone got his bags and he going right behind him. Because if you want to get rid of your best player, you might as well get rid of this coach that ain't getting the job done either. Get, get him out of here. I think I think this is his last year. All right, drinks, time for rapid reaction. A lot of topics in a little bit of time. Take us away, drink. Cool. The Pittsburgh Steelers acquired Mika Fitzpatrick from the Miami Dolphins. Your take on that move? Seems to be a win-now move as they try to buffer that defense and buffer that secondary, but they've lost a lot of juice on offense, and now they're playing with Mason Rudolph. It's a little bit – I'm a little bit confused by it. 
New York Giants will start rookie quarterback Daniel Jones in week three against the Bucks. You like this move? Absolutely. It's time to get the statue from behind center and get you the young stud. You, you drafted him at number six overall. You might as well play him. Jets QB Trevor Simeon is out for the season after a gruesome ankle injury suffered in last night's game against the Browns. Your reaction to that? His his stat line was equally as gruesome. Three for six for three yards. And I, I'm still amazed it's that tight. he walked. I'm still amazed that he walked off the field after it looked like his ankle almost got snapped. Colts kicker Adam Vinatieri has missed three field goals and two extra points in the first two weeks. That's concerning, right? Absolutely. For a veteran like Vinatieri, it might be about that time to drop them papers, baby. He's going to have to go ahead and move it on. The New York Yankees are expecting to activate outfielder Yo Carlos Stanton this week. That's That's good news, right? If he's going to play, he hasn't played very much this season. He's only got one home run. It's safe to say the Yankees haven't got what they signed up for when they traded for Giancarlo Stanton. Last one, Spain beat Argentina 95-75 to win the 2019 FIBA World Tournament. Your thoughts? I think well well done by Spain. Spain had the best player in this whole tournament with Ricky Rubio. Who would have known? Ricky Rubio, right? But Spain had the best player. They played the best ball, and I think that result uh, was – Very, very warranted. All right, that concludes today's Drink of Wisdom. I'm Jay Wise. And I'm Nathan Drinkin. And remember, make tomorrow better than today. Make today better than yesterday. Holla at you till next time.